This is the Intentional Disruption Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Demo, and I'm recording this message as I do my Sunday Observation Tower. It's something I picked up from my mentor years ago, and psychologically, it ties in a lot of things from the Agile and Scrum mindset a little bit of uh, the book, The 12 Week Year. And it's designed to understand what's happened in the previous week, what you're going to do in the following week, and how that ties in with your 12 week goal. So I'm recording this at, uh, it's a little bit after 5.30 in the morning, uh, by the time I finally hit record. And what I wanted to share is one of my biggest lessons from uh, the week that's just passed. So no makeup, no funny business, um, just a little bit of coffee and sharing some knowledge today. So one of the things that I'm working on is helping folks to fund acquisitions of businesses, as well as helping current businesses bring in capital so that they can more rapidly expand. And I've seen some trends that I wanted to share because one of the things that I've learned in life is if one person has something happening more than one person has it happening. And if that's the case, then my tribe of business owners, good chance, a pretty large percentage of these people have these said same issues. And the good news is it's relatively easy to fix. Um, I don't know that for a lot of it, you need a coach. It'd go faster if you did, obviously, but you could do most of this stuff either on your own or through a smart delegation and dedication of a small bit of assets to do so. So what have I been seeing? <clears throat> First off, I've seen that for the folks that I'm helping, a lot of this is my fault. I'll take the blame on it because I should have asked for these things not only sooner, but with a lot more vigor and what what do I mean by that? Well, I know things that people are going to ask for. And then occasionally there's something that didn't even cross my mind because didn't seem like for the scale of what we were doing, it would even be required. And I was wrong. So I take the hit on that one. And when you get into the world of business financing there's weird terms for things like a pro forma which is a little bit of a fancier business plan honestly it ties in a couple additional things uh, a little bit of forecasting the very fun SWOT analysis uh, strengths weaknesses opportunities and threats they look at what your leading indicators are if you have been in business for a while, there's also going to be some lagging indicators, 
or trailing indicators. What's your cost of goods so that we can determine your profit margin? What's your headcount and labor costs? How do you do your branding? What's the face of the company? Web traffic, if you have a website, which probably 95% of people do nowadays. These are things that lenders, investors want to see in order to make the decision to help with your business. You know, with the way that the market's changed recently to the negative and the Fed trying to bring down inflation, which maybe it'll work. These things make private investment a little bit more challenging. It also makes going to the bank a lot more challenging. And what I'm seeing from the business owner community or communities that I'm in is it's very similar to the 08 housing crisis where they finally realized, well, it's getting kind of weird out there and we need to be a little bit more selective with our capital. So there's people I'm saying where if you don't have a 700 credit score, your business isn't getting a loan and they're not even looking at the financial side of it. They're looking at like credit score. Okay, well, that doesn't really work for us, which is a little bit frustrating because a credit score isn't necessarily an indicator of knowing how to run a business. But I digress. So why do we need to know these things? Well, one, if you're doing a presentation to somebody yourself, you want to know the key metrics of your business. So me, just as an example, on Friday, I had my first physical as a 40-year-old. It's a little bit interesting. But the doctor wanted to review my blood panels, wanted to review all of my health, and he had all of those numbers in his presentation to me. It's a little bit different because... In this case, I would be the one presenting my numbers to him, but he didn't give them to me in advance. But I did come prepared with questions about some of the things. And we were able to have the conversation and go forward with a plan of action. When you sit down with a lender, banker, investor, you want to have all of the information and understand the information so that you can help them get comfortable helping you. Because I I do believe at the end of the day, these people, they do want to help you succeed. They just need to qualify that you're eligible to be helped. So I want to start with, on the financial side, if you make a product, we need to talk the cost of goods. And I mention this because I've had quite a few companies that haven't really had that tied down. And these are companies that are successful. They do millions of dollars a year. But whether it's the increased cost of trucking, uh, cost of materials, whether it's a raw material, a um, component, 
or something where a couple different items come together in one package and then from that central location get sent out, whatever it might be, the cost of goods and then the cost of delivering those goods needs to be updated pretty close to real time. I mean, you need to know what it costs for you to create the product that you're going to get to market. And I had this conversation with one of my clients a couple of weeks ago where they knew how much they paid for a product. They also knew how much they charged for that product. But what they didn't know is, is what we're charging actually profitable? Because that was my first question. It's like, all right, that's great. What's your profit margin on this? <clears throat> and it's like, well, it cost A, we sell it for B. All right, that's great. But 95% of your clients don't come to your facility to purchase these things. They get shipped. So what's the fulfillment cost from your warehouse? What's the shipping cost? What's the packaging cost? You know, the little cardboard box that all the materials get thrown into, it's not free. How much did it cost for the cardboard? How much did it cost for the printing? Is there a way to get a better price on these things in bulk? Like, would it make sense to warehouse some of those things instead of doing it on demand? And we don't know, which makes it hard to forecast out in the future what is that going to look like because we don't know what the true cost of goods are and it might sound funny to be talking about that but i've had that come up more than once or when we're figuring out the pricing model for an information-based company oh well i mean we have almost no overhead so we could do it for a dollar, whatever the number is. Well, that's true. But what does it cost for you to get that product to the market? You're going to have your website. You're going to have, you know, costs associated with that. You're going to have your email campaign. Are you paying a webmaster? Or are you doing all this by yourself? Like there's still, even in the information side of the house, some key pieces you need to know which leads into expenses and your burn rate. Do you know what it is? You know, my burn rate isn't terribly high because you know, it's an office, some electricity, some internet, and I get to deduct the cost of travel. So I don't have a, a high overhead don't have a terribly high burn rate, but I know my number and I know what my cost of goods is. And most people just don't have those things. So let's continue on to some of the other things that I've seen over the last week or two that people just want to know. For one of the other acquisitions that we're doing, they wanted to know a lot about other contracts, other debt service. And that, and that makes sense. Um, now in an acquisition, 
my normal standard is whatever contracts somebody has, you know, if it's a loan or whatever have you, those are paid off by the seller and are null and void going forward. But if they're not nullified by the sale of the business because, you know, contract paid out, it is good to know the details and get a copy of their signed agreement because the lender is going to want to know that too. They want to know what obligations the business is encumbered with. So having all of that is going to be important to make the due diligence process as seamless as possible. A lot of veterans are leveraging me to help them fund their acquisition of businesses. And that's something that's going to come up is, hey, we need all of the numbers from the seller. And if it's through a broker, through the broker. But we need all that stuff up ahead of time. We need to know what the rough cost of goods are. We need to know some of those things. And by the way, in that situation, it's somewhat okay if they don't know it. Because while I I look to make the most equitable deal possible for everybody, if they don't know the pieces that we've talked about so far, we're going to do some digging and we want to know that the business is viable. Like, you know, go back through audit their numbers. Like they're actually bringing in the dollars we're talking about. But if they don't know all of those ancillary items, we're going to be discounting the price because those systems and processes need to be created. Now, it's not a bad thing if they don't have them, because that means we can actually put one in place that works instead of trying to fix what they have, which wasn't working. And that's cool. That's great. But the lenders are going to want to know some of those hard numbers. It's going to make it more difficult if they don't have that buttoned up. So me personally, would I prefer a business that had all of their information put together right now or say a 15% discount on the company because they didn't, I'd rather pay 15% more because it's going to make the acquisition process that much smoother. It's kind of like when you buy a house and the mortgage brokers who talk about an industry that we could really work on processes for, they come back and ask like 13 times for whatever you need. Now, the reason that a lot of mortgage brokers are eventually going to go away is like when I bought my first house, USAA took care of it and they had a list in a portal and they said, upload all this stuff. Okay, cool. Far away, far away, far away, far away. All right, hey, we took a look literally the next day and looks like this is good. That's good. That's good. We have a question on this done like 24 hours all of my back end for buying a house was taken care of it's fantastic when we bought this house it was a little bit more complicated back and forth for weeks and the question comes like why didn't you know that you needed that you do multiple of these every day and for a lender it's the same thing They're going to look at your business and be like, hey, why don't you have these things? Because they expect those things to be done. 
So these are some of the things that I've seen for trying to get capital to either acquire or grow a business. And these are things that you're going to want to have anyway. But one of the problems that we have is like, I wasn't a math major and most people aren't. Uh, One of the most common things that people tell me, you know, they're experts in their field. And they're like, Mike, I didn't, they didn't teach me this crap in school. Totally get it. So no free ads, but a lot of these financials can be somewhat automated. If you're still doing manual bookkeeping, stop. Just just stop. You can use something like a QuickBooks online. Um, they're not a paid sponsor or anything like that. I just, it's who I use. So you could do that. Now, I do have an accountant and I want to make that clear because a lot of business owners say, well, I have an accountant. Great. They're going to make sure your numbers are right eventually. But you want to have your books for the previous month closed out by the 15th of the next month. Like, So as I record this, it's July 10th. Basically this week, you should have your June numbers all reconciled, taken care of, and done. If you don't, there's a problem in the process. So you could do some of that stuff yourself, and QuickBooks does a pretty good job, but if you want to be able to have a full visualization of that and you don't want to put the time into learning how to do all those things, there's something called a fractional CFO, which means you're paying somebody who still works with other people, just like your accountant, to make sure all your numbers are in line and help with your projections, help with having all the things that from a fiscal side of the house you need in case you need to go for capital or you, I mean, from the other side, if you ever want to sell your business, you're going to need all this stuff. If you want to get financing, it's going to matter. Um, I was talking with a vet called uh, Taylor White. He has a company called Countable.io, C-O-U-N-T-A-B-L.io. And it's really cool what he does. So he does all the pro formas, forecasting, all those fun pieces, and he automates it out and makes sure that you have your deliverables. Now, there's probably other people that do that. I know actually that there are. But ask yourself the question, you as the business owner, what's your time worth? Like you, you need to know roughly what the numbers are, but how many hours do you put into worrying about it and making sure that's right? If somebody calls and asks for some of your numbers, what's the turnaround time for you to get them a deliverable? I have some clients that I've worked with who took weeks for what should be an automated number. And it's one of the things that needed fixed. Like this business is not sustainable if you can't produce this. And why is it not sustainable? Well, if it takes that long to produce it, you don't actually know. You have no clue what the numbers are. So you're just spinning your wheels and 
hoping and praying that you're generating enough business to stay open. It's not a comfortable place to be. You know, for better, for worse, I'd like to know exactly where I stand. And that's what some of these services provide. You know, one of the things that I hear is, well, I don't have a CFO. Okay. But it's not 1990 anymore. We can get somebody remotely to assist with that stuff. And that might be my biggest takeaway from the last really month is the financial side of the house, unless you like it, you're not going to like it. Most people don't. So pay, I don't know, however much it costs to have somebody else help manage that process for you. You know, CFOs are six-figure jobs. You can get it done by somebody else for much less. Why wouldn't you do that? So I bring out these messages. Um, this one, a little bit of a longer one. And the reason that I do it is I'm passionate about you not only sustaining your business, but growing. It's going to be an interesting next couple, call it 18 months, with the markets. We're going through a period of inflation, rising interest rates, lowering consumer sentiment. Uh, I'm 40, and this confluence of events hasn't happened essentially since uh, the late Jimmy Carter to early Ronald Reagan time frame where interest rates shot up to 16%. The good news here is because of the absolutely asinine amount of spending that the government's been doing, I don't think they can bring rates up too much higher because the debt service will just absolutely choke us out and uh, we'll debt spiral as a country. So I guess that's good news. Well, what does that mean for you? It means you need to be more efficient. It means you need to leverage the opportunities that are going to come in the next two years. And if your house isn't in order, you're not going to be ready to quickly take advantage of what the market brings to you. Because unfortunately, during these times of chaos, just like we saw from 2020 on, the people that aren't prepared and aren't adaptable are going to die, business-wise. The government has all of the rules set up against you. It's fine for Amazon. It's fine for Walmart. They have the bloat and largesse and capital reserves to just absorb the impact. They also don't get shut down, which is a benefit for them. So we need to make sure that our small business owners, you know, my folks doing less than $10 million a year, we need to make sure that you're lean, optimized, and ready to take advantage of the opportunities that come in the next couple months. So I'm Mike Demo. You can reach out to me directly uh, on the social platforms. On LinkedIn, it's Mike Demo. On Facebook, it's Michael Demo or Mike Demo. It's one of the two. You can also go to my website, michaeldemo.com, and you know, take a look at some of the basic stuff there. It's not some killer conversion click funnel website. It's just got some basic information. 
the most important thing it has is the ability to schedule a call with me. In a couple of minutes, we can really start to figure out where your needs are. And maybe I'd be a fit to help you do it. If I can't, um, one of the things that I'm pretty committed to is finding somebody that can help you. Because at the end of the day, your success is my mission. And that doesn't necessarily mean that I need to be a part of your success story. But I'll help you find the person that will. So thank you again for listening. And we'll talk again soon.